I'm Holly Tucker, and welcome to my podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. Founder of Not On The High Street and Holly & Co., I'm the UK ambassador of creative small businesses. I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. And my dream is to help everyone start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the greatest way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to all my favourite small businesses, acclaimed entrepreneurs and those who just simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to our sponsor NatWest, who have helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. In this week's conversation of inspiration, I'm speaking to Bill Collison, founder of Bill's Restaurants. Born and bred in Lewis in East Sussex, Bill started work by growing and harvesting fruit and veg with his family. One day he received an offer of a small shed by his father to make of it what he wished. So he started selling the families and local farmers fruit and veg, which soon turned into a greengrocer's shop, but not any greengrocers, the most beautiful greengrocers in town. When the flood hit Lewis, Bill was forced to reassess his plans and on the advice of his sister-in-law, he decided to start a cafe as well, selling edible creations from all of his produce. The food was seasonal, inspirational and ahead of its time. Bill put fruit on the pizzas, added roots and sprouts onto salads and created extraordinary show-stopping cakes, which meant there was always a queue to get in. Bill then went on to launch another restaurant in Brighton and took investment to grow into the 80 nationwide locations it has today, the family of restaurants. I was thrilled to meet Billy, as his mother called him, in his head offices in London, where we chatted about the early days of Bill's, his passion for vegetables and visual merchandising with them, and the importance of retail theatre in order to grow a successful high street presence. so happy to be here Bill. I'm the biggest Bills fan and really admire what you have built. So hello. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh no, thank you for having me. We have Bills in Richmond and the Halloumi Burger are just too good actually. We often pop there, myself and my family, after the cinema because it's just on the hill and it's right next to the cinema and we always have such a warm welcome. I've always admired the brand. I can remember years ago now my team at Not on the High Street were always telling me to go to this amazing cafe in in Brighton called Bill's and so I took a trip there one day with my sister and we were completely blown away. First of all I'd never seen actually anything like it. Your displays, the fresh produce, the walls adorned with tins of olives, the attention to detail everywhere and I have to admit I didn't know too much actually about the bill behind Bills before doing lots of stalking and researching and I just think I've actually fallen a little bit in love with you so I just wanted to put that out Mm -hmm. just straight away on this podcast because I can't wait to hear your wonderful story firsthand so just jumping right in I'd love to kick off hearing your story how Bills came about and if we can go right back 
Is it true you were originally a Barrow boy from Lewis? Uh, yeah, well, I, I originally I was... Um, my family were Romany gypsies, and so we used to travel the countryside through the summer and spring and autumn mostly, um, planting, pruning, picking fruit, lots in Kent and in Sussex. And so my family were really growers, my father bought a, a small fruit farm outside of Lewis, where, which is now a garden centre, but it had a nursery, some, quite a lot of glass houses and vegetables, fruit, fruit trees. And I grew up on that fruit farm and it was like a summer haze. It was a fabulous place to live. Amazing friends and memories I've got from that time. I actually liked it, but hated it. I didn't realise then if you, if, you, if you liked something more than you hated it a little bit, it was okay to be in it. And I, it wasn't very glamorous at the time. And my father, he, he made me go and plant the tomatoes and pick them. And I had to work when I was not schooling. And, and I can, I mean, I, I mean I'm, it's a credit to him now because I love those memories so much. The smell of the potting sheds, the packing of the tomatoes, the big loaf and the cheese sandwiches at lunchtime and big mugs of tea with all the other workers on the farm. They just, I mean, I'd love to turn back the clock and be in that potting shed now, but those days are gone. But I went on to do a little bit of chefing. I had always had a bit of a passion for food and liked cooking, thought I could chef. And, and again, I got slightly bored with that and took the easy option, went back to work for my father. And he happened to turn up and have this little space in Lewis, which was on really no more than a barra. And he said, go and do something with that. And I did. I opened up this fresh produce sort of store, come shed, come site. But it was all with local produce. I knew the local growers and it was all about local produce and uh, what was in season. And we worked there and was very successful. And my Saturday girl was working for me and she turned out to be my wife in the end. And what happened was her sister was in the restaurant industry and she said what you're doing with this it looks amazing the way you make things look look amazing and we'd already started turning things that were left over into pies and tarts and soups so something got on the wheel and it got off somewhere and she said we should open a cafe a restaurant here and amongst what you do people would love it and I thought it was a bit bonkers and she convinced me and we went and saw other things and we thought well what we're doing is a lot better than this or different and just then when we were trying to get more space, a massive flood hit Lewis and my home was wiped out, the shop was wiped out, um, all the delicatessen area was wiped out of the business. It sort of knocked us for six really and um, the following day we had no money so I set up a market stall on dry ground and started working straight away. But what it did allow us to do was to take some more space and we managed to claw our way back and we opened up this bigger site with a cafe in it. And with my sister-in-law, Tanya, Rebecca worked there. We all worked together. Even my mother-in-law worked in there. It was just one big family working together. I looked after the fresh. She looked after the... I mean, I'm not very good at the business side of things, I must say. But I can put on a show. And we, we made this look amazing. It did look amazing. It used to, I used to go in there in the mornings and start work at 3 or 4 o'clock to, to create this look. And that could mm. be leaks with daffodils coming out of vases and 
daffiniums coming out of cakes. It was just a wild show, and whatever's in season would be what we had there. And it was, we used to take tables up, which customers would be on, because there was a, a lorry load of Victoria plums arrived outside, and we put plums on seats rather than bums on seats. It wasn't <laughs> done anything. It wasn't really commercial, commercial. It? but it was done yep. to make everyone go wow. And I used to walk out of there in the mornings. The last job we used to do was wash the street down from you know, 100 yards that way and walk back in. And it used to make the hands, hair stand on the back of my neck, mm. looking back in at it. And the compliment was the guests used to, they couldn't get a table because it was too busy, but they used to come just to look. There would always be music on, there would be a band playing outside at the weekends. It was just one great big piece of entertainment. And we were very lucky and we were in the right place at the right time. Um, and three or four people that were very hardworking, lots of different talents amongst them, um, loved each other, still do, and worked together. And I'm not sure anyone could put them, everyone, I get all the praise, they don't really, but really it was a, it was team. a team effort that made a it. Family it, team. A family team that made it, yeah. Then we went on to open Brighton. Um, that took us five years to, before we decided we we're going to do that. We were going to do it next week when we opened Lewis, but it took us five <laughs> years to sort it out. And from day one, that was an instant success. Won a few awards, queues out the door. Every day was, you know, an amazing team of people that were very talented, very talented head chef who was really amazing with pastry, who worked for us and amazing with different flavours and definitely worked really well with me I mean I used to have a joy to go and get him something that was unusual and he really responded to that and we were sort of courted for a long period of time by different investment different investors but those days were amazing my wife says to me you never used to come home I used to just love being there it wasn't any hardship to go get up as soon as you woke up, it could be the middle of the night and go to work because you wanted to put on... It's almost like painting every day. You were putting on a show. I, I wish I could go back, actually, to 2000 and step inside your very first Bills and Lewis. It, it sounds like a completely magical place. First of all, Lewis is that most beautiful independent town. And I love the vision of these customers sitting amongst your vegetable mm. displays. And I think actually it would have been an Instagram extravaganza if social media had mm, been yeah. um, around. You would have had just all phones, wouldn't you, all out. And I know yeah. you were saying in the time that actually people did take photographs of your products, but actually probably with real cameras at yeah. the time. I wanted to give listeners a sense of what it must have been like. And I know you would probably be too modest to go here so I've found a description written by a lady called Angela Wintle for Sussex Life magazine and I just thought I'd read it out I'll never forget the first time I walked into Bill's in Lewis it was a show-stopping moment and how often can you say that about a grocer's shop you could spot it from 20 paces the pavement overflowing with fruit the signs declaring kentish corn on the cob five for 50p inside was foodies paradise leeks displayed with daffodils hanging dried peppers and shelves of own brown juices and olive oil not to mention a counter of film set puddings up in the rafters rustic wire baskets hung from butcher's hooks beside rainbow colored raffia 
Sometimes I'd walk in just to drink in the spectacle, though I'd rarely left without clutching one of Bill's mouth-watering homemade quiches. But Bill's, of course, was always much more than a fruit and veg shop. He ran a cafe too, and the cafe became so popular, it quickly gobbled up the shop and the premises next door to become the biggest thing in town. What a way of describing something that you created. And the thoughts of daffodils and leeks makes me go completely funny because that is something that you know you just don't see and I absolutely admire that attention where did that passion and creativity that flair for aesthetics come from you spoke about your parents but was it in school was there an influence when you were growing up I always remember when in the packing sheds picking tomatoes and making sure, even back in those days when no one ever heard of a vine tomato, I'd cut them so they were on the vine. I'd go to the packing shed and I wanted my palette to look the best-looking palette that left there and be the best one in the market that was sold. And I used to do it then with tissue paper, different coloured papers underneath the tomatoes. I know that I had a definite skill and I enjoy it. It's not if it was any hardship. I knew that I could almost designed with fruit I could feel that and and I had this ability to make something give it a layer Mm -hmm. so you look through something and it had a depth and had a meaning some of it could only make you laugh some of it wasn't beautiful but it almost put a a picture in front of you whether you're using terracotta or bring props that made a show made a show that was going on there yeah, I didn't find it hard. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And so it literally came from, in another scenario, that could have been because I had gone to art school or I had done something. You're sitting in the my potting. Father, I can definitely feel I got something from my My father was very clever at those. He had an eye for those things as well, whether I inherited, inherited something. Inherited But that, that, that idea of wanting to make that box of tomatoes more than a box of tomatoes, yeah. that just came from within you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just... I wanted it to be the best one there. Um, it's colours. Fresh has got so many different colours. I mean, they amaze me. It still amazes me who makes, you know, who made the pear with a blush on it. You know, where does a plume on a plum come from? It's, there's so many beautiful things out there. I remember going to markets and being in Covent Garden with my father when we were younger. There's just something about it all. There's just the fresh and farming, you know, there's just something about that. And you definitely followed your passion from growing, for producing, for cooking. And I think that's just incredibly inspiring that you, you, did, you did follow that journey. What would be your advice to others? I didn't think I knew what journey I was going to follow. So and you can always look backwards and say, yeah, we did that or we didn't do that. I never knew at that time that's what I wanted to do. I said earlier that I think sometimes the good times that way, the bad times, that's good enough. And... But I think you, if you have got a passion, you're very lucky. I mean, I never knew what I wanted to do. I, was, I wasn't looking for something better, but I never knew what I wanted to do. And I looked to the future and thought, well, I've got loads of time to sort that out. I've not got to worry. And that come from the support from my family. There was no one saying, you've got to do this, you've got to... There wasn't any pressure on me. You know, I was very lucky and blessed. Now you've lived a career in your passion. And there's so many people around us who don't. What would your advice be to people? I think you have to take a chance. You have to, especially when you're young, you know, there's always time for change. It says you get older, there's not time for change. There's always time to change. There's always time to make a mistake. It's good to make the mistake. You don't make enough mistakes and you never learn anything, do you? So I think always try different things. 
And it doesn't have to always be about pounds, shillings and pence. You know, if you're good at something, and normally one thing leads to the other. You know, if you're really good and you're passionate about something, you'll be successful. And you go the extra mile if you love what you're doing, don't you? And everyone wants to see someone do a little bit more. And you, I, I always find the harder you try, then the more support you get from everyone. People can see your passion about things and people can see your honesty then, you know. It, they want to then, give you a helping hand. They do. People want to help you. I really yeah. believe they want to help you. But as, as, as a business, as my business grew, it, you know, you, f- you go away from your passion a little bit, mm. um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. And, you know, and sort of get knees deep in something that's not quite where you want it to be. That, that sometimes need reigniting. You can do that for yourself sometimes. Sometimes you need someone else to do that for you. Sometimes there's a need financially to do that, but mm. Mm. Oh, for I, lots of different I, I reasons. I couldn't agree more. You, you have an attention to detail, which is something so common, I think, in successful entrepreneurs. You know, understanding that that detail actually is everything when it comes to building a strong brand. Is it true that you only have one person who's allowed to do the chalkboard signage? Yeah. Actually, she's left us now because she's my sister-in-law's opened something in in Kemp Town called Marmalade, and it's a lovely cafe, and she's very good at what she does. But Lou, Lou Carter used to work for me; she used to do all the the sign writing. And we have now have sign writing competitions to see who can get nearest you can to actually, Lou, Lou yeah, the Carter. Legacy that was left, but there. she just had that flow of making sure you know, just idyllic, you know, sort of handwriting. It's what I absolutely love most about Bills and yourself is the way that you see running your restaurant is this, you've already um, alluded to it, putting on a show. I've heard you say it a couple of times. You really remind me of one of my design heroes, Henry Selfridge, because he understood the importance of retail theatre. He used to have a trumpeter who used to sound the fanfare at nine o'clock every morning when the store opened and prep the staff all to be ready for their best performance. And he created the magnificent experience in store and was one of the first people to introduce window displays Mm. in Britain. Apparently even coined the phrase, the customer is always right. I think that's basically you in a nutshell reincarnated. It's why you were so successful from day one. People love Bill and Bills because it was totally a unique experience. Is this a philosophy you believe in, that to be successful you must have an element of putting on a show? I believe so. We call it on stage, off stage. So... For the team at work in each restaurant, they're on stage. They have to, they're actors. They're part of theatre. You know, the, the guests are your audience. And actually, the guests take part. And we try to tell them that when things go wrong, which they will, that's your time to ad lib. That's when the, your audience love you the most. Is when you, way of looking at when it. You, when someone sing, forgets their lines and you sing a different line, that's when you get the biggest applause. Yeah, so it is about putting on that show. I mean, we talk about it all the time, putting on a show, putting on a show. You, this is theatre, you know. This is your stage. There's so many different things that you have to do to put on a show. And I think retail, it's been easy for people it's to be mediocre. And time's got harder now, and it's it, you, you need to try harder. You need to work harder. You need to do all the things that m- make you... Sp- different from everyone else and set you apart and raise your game and sing louder talk about yourself more in some ways but do it 
not by screaming yourself, but, but what, what you do in the restaurants, the way you make it look, everything, little touch points, the things that excite people, make people laugh. I find it a, a moment now where, although there's problems on the high street, and it's the moment you, for people to grasp and really set themselves above, set yep. themselves above everyone else. You know, because yeah. while other people are cutting and worrying, you need to make yourself better and then you'll survive. You know, give the guests more better food, better service, a better look and feel. So you give them more than they perceive they're going to get in the first place. I wanted to interrupt this podcast with such exciting news for the small business community. We're running a competition over the next 10 weeks for a chance to win an ad break on this very podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. NatWest, who we partner with, have donated their very own ad break space as they wanted to give it to small businesses in order to help their dreams succeed. It's this generosity that makes NatWest our partner. Each week, one small business will get their advert played in the middle of the latest episode of Conversations of Inspiration for tens of thousands of people to hear that week, but hundreds of thousands of people to listen to when it reaches our podcast library. I'll be looking for the most creative, interesting adverts to feature. We'd love to hear from the founders with perhaps an anecdote about what your small business means to you what you do, what you create. You might want to share the story of why you started your business. Just remember, it needs to be under two minutes. Whilst we're looking for good quality ads, don't worry, you don't need any fancy equipment. You can record your well thought through adverts straight into your phone and email us at independentadbreaks at holly.co. Head to my website, holly.co, or my Instagram to find out more. Don't miss this utterly brilliant and free opportunity to broadcast your small business to thousands of listeners, thanks to our partner, NatWest. Good luck. Tell me about if someone listening wants to create theatre within what they do. I know you don't have a manuscript on to create theatre. Step A is this. But what are those things that you needed inside yourself? Is it about self-belief, just going for it, making mistakes? Um, I think you've got to believe in what you do. I think you've got to uh, be positive. I think you've got to be fun. And I don't mean just fun to your guests. I think you've got to be fun to everyone around you, um, staff-wise. I think they've got to be really proud of where they're working. Um, I think you've got to want to be there yourself. You've got to really believe in it. If, you've got, if you don't and your team don't, then what chance have you got a guest to make yourself any different than anyone else? The dangers are if, if it's something's not working well or something, then you change it too quickly. So that doesn't mean to say you can't learn from your mistakes. But I think you've got to give things longevity and let it take its course. We have definitely made mistakes. I mean, there's not been one smooth ride forward and there we go, guys, we're here now, 80-odd restaurants later. We're not. We've made loads of mistakes. 
and we've sometimes forgotten things we should have been doing. But it doesn't mean to say we can't put them right now, does it? No. And as I say, you've got to make it different. You've got to make yourself look different. You've got to make yourself feel different. You've got to give a better service. I always felt they're walking into a film set. They're walking to something that... I mean, my guys, my partners tell me I'm sales adverse because I make things look so beautiful. No one wants to touch them to buy them. (laughs) And they say, oh, God, we can't touch that because, you know, and so we actually don't, didn't sell that much, but it looked good, you know. So, but it it built, it sort of built built the foundation, you know, and we we never sold a lot of fresh produce, but it was our larder. It was a larder for the kitchen, which we did sell lots of, and the guests got to see it. They got to touch it. You just mentioned there that, you know, maybe giving something some time. I thought that was quite interesting. So just to go, um, just to carry on on that. So you might start something or when you were building bills and it doesn't kick off instantly. No, no. And people want to throw it away. You know, you're scared actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I'm, you know, this isn't instantly working. The sales aren't coming in. We must change it. We must change it. Do you believe in having faith? In, in, yeah, I in, do. Because actually, I certainly felt it through Notting High Street and Holly & Co. Have faith, have faith, you know, hold on, hold, hold on. Hold your nerve. Hold your nerve, because actually that could be the foundations of your brand being built yeah. just there. Well, I think if you, if you chop, change, chop, you dilute what you've done in the first place. We definitely had to hold our nerve. We weren't, I mean, we were busy, but we didn't make any money. It took us a long time to work out how, how exactly we could be profitable and still be busy and... People couldn't believe there'd be queues out the door and still we didn't make any money. And it was um, just putting things in order, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it be rotors right the way through. It's yep. all those small yep. little fine, yep. fine, finely tuned details that make all the difference. Pockets of money wherever. Yeah, yeah. Then when you pull it all together. Together, yeah. You know, and, and also making sure that it gets on that wheel and gets off at the right time to look after itself in the right manner. This engagement you had with the community in Lewis or being at the heart of Lewis, was that important to you? And is it then now important to Bills? I, I for 20 years, I never, there's a, if you know Lewis, there's a humpback bridge. Yes. You've got Harvey's and yes. Bills there. Yes. I lived in that same street. And I think for 20 years, I didn't go over that humpback bridge. I lived in that community. I mean, <laughs> I, we'd go on holiday for a, a week of the year, you know, and we lived and breathed. We went to the local pub and... You know, we didn't do anything really, only work. And uh, yeah, we were part, I mean, I was born and bred in that in, in Lewis and we were part of the community. Bills looked after the community, but really actually the community looked after Bills and they thought of it as theirs and still do, mm. um, which is a, an amazing I mean, thing. A, yeah. And, it, and when we, and we, you know, obviously we've gone, it's changed. But for all the time, all they've, they've definitely supported us. And we never sold Coca-Cola. We never sold fries in bills. And, you know, it was a different thing. And Lewis and Brighton were quite bohemian. And there was a more mo- majority of that type of people there. And, and it worked quite well. I'm not sure that it would work everywhere, you know. So mm-hmm. we're community-based supporting their communities which we always do i mean if mm-hmm. someone turns up and there's a garden fate on bills would sponsor it we've always done it and there's such a position isn't there yeah, for yeah. you know you have 80 establishments 
for that yeah. in a way to then start want, to become really, as, really as more than a restaurant. But I really don't want to be seen as a chain restaurant because it's not like that at yeah. all. You know, these yeah. everyone who works here has got a soul. It's, you know, it's like a big family in some ways, you know. But mm-hmm. it's more than just, there's more going on there. There's more, there's definitely, there's a fire in this business's belly that is glowing. And I love how you don't call it a chain, you call it a family of restaurants. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's just a, that just says it all in a way, doesn't it? That you it don't does, look but you, at it. We need to make sure that you every can, day we're living up to those things that we keep talking we want to be. And I think you have to keep setting your goals a bit higher and keep pushing and pushing trying them hard. Up, pushing them up. And, and what happens, I think, it, I believe, and is that you make things easier for yourself. And every time you make something easier for yourself, the customer, the guest loses out somewhere. And you can't help but do that. And I think you have to now make things harder for yourself. And, of course, in turn, the guests get more. Isn't that interesting? Gosh, yes. You, you, we all look for that that quick fix, don't we? Or, or, you know, we can cut something here and it does make the ob system better. But actually, you're right. What that end user then experiences, one is it actually okay, better? That's not going to make you bleed. But when you get two or three... You don't know which one's make. You don't know which one to cover up first. So yeah, you make sure you don't keep making those decisions. Well, it's very interesting you were talking about this and 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 community. One of my missions is to help try and restore the high street to the wonderful thing it used to be, retaining its position as the heart of the community. The shopkeepers being the stars of the show, making locals feel connected with one another. And touching on the future of the high street, we're constantly hearing about the death of the high street and I was recently speaking to Henry Dimbleby, founder of Leon for this podcast and he was talking about the hard times that casual dining sector is actually going through closures of Jamie's and Carluccio's Prezzo's at GBK and Deliveroo is outperforming for me I think it confirms that you need to give customers this experience this theatre I'm interested to ask what do you think is the future of restaurants in the high street and actually retail for that matter I know that's quite a big question and what do you think is going wrong well, obviously, there's a lot. There's oversaturation, so there's more restaurants out there than what's needed. Supermarkets are doing meals for the weekend for very low cost. Um, delivery can bring anything to your door, but none of those can do the thing that we that you're speaking. They can't give you an experience. They can't give you a show. They can't put you in that film set so you're part of it. Um, and that's what we need to do. Whether it be, I think the butcher with the the butcher's the grill outside grilling the local sausages every every day to go in a bun, you know, or the fishmonger doing something different, you know. These listen, you go to the farmers market and they're packed with people. Want to mm. the people want to eat and they want to be seen there. They yep. want to fill their their bags with the shopping. From there. The high streets need to get back to that. They need to. I mean, landlords have got to their belt in they've got to make it accessible for startups to get in there i mean yeah. some, i mean we know how creative we are to me it's all led by food um if we can the high street the high street should, yep. it's going to be led by food it's where you shop local community um shopping every day rather than yep. going out once a week it's about having a local shopkeeper can deliver to you if you're at work, putting your orders in. It's just going back in time slightly. Mm-hmm. And restaurants the same. It's just giving that bit better service than what, they've been, what we have done. 
and almost technology supporting that right now. Yeah, yeah. You can use technology to help of all of those things. Yeah, of but actually, it is about remembering, you know, I always say, until we've got the chip in our minds and we're all living in a virtual world, we're all going to want to do something at the weekends. We want to spend time with our children. We want to actually get out of our homes. And if that high street goes, if that place that we all join together starts disappearing, I think we're a bit of a, you know, we're asleep at the wheel, really. And we need to sort of wake up to that. And and actually, that does need then the community to realise that they play a vital part in that. So, you know, as we're on this tipping balance, I think we're on the tipping balance. I think people are realising it. I think um, my children, they, they, they go out, they want to be seen. They want to go to exciting places. They want to go to unusual street markets. They want to try different food. They, they want to be out. They want to mm-hmm. Instagram from where they were on Sunday to their friends. I do. So that's interesting. Yeah, so that maybe that is actually happening. We've just got to create those places for them exactly. to go. Look what's doing well. And yeah. they're the ones giving the theatre. Look what's where you can go and just get a little bit more than you perceive mm-hmm. you're going to get. And what do you think, what's your future for, with Bills in terms of the next 20 years? So you've done this this journey. Are you as fired up for the next part? Uh, it's really weird because a question you asked me before we started, which I'll answer, is that, yeah, I am actually. It's the closest I've come to feeling since I opened the first, my first restaurant is in the last eight months. It, it's, a, it's surprising how quickly you can make things happen and... And why yeah, have definitely. you felt this? So tell me about what's what's this. Well, just the, just going back into the the restaurants, which you know were successful and growing, opening very quickly, which we opened too quickly probably, and going back into them and giving a, a new lease of life, just to do something different, to try different things, and we're going to keep doing that. And no no restaurant will be the same. Everyone's got its little soul, different area. Same morals, same infrastructure, values, same, same values, food. all those same, f- yep. not the same food, you know, it's yep. the different things going on, um, having fun, making it exciting. And that's brought back a, a definitely, joy. Definitely, it, yeah, definitely. I, well, it, it, those, you... those things when you put your head on the pillow at night yeah. and, you know, you start thinking about it and it gets you excited and so you can't sleep. There's one of the other things we get you down because you're worried about something but there's the other one where you yes you're excited about doing something it's definitely been like that and do you and what why do you think that had left i think it didn't leave me i still felt a love for everything at bills and i knew we still had a great team but it just you know you it just got a little some gray areas which i know now we've come out of and coming out of it, almost it sounds like you're tasting what you did that many years ago again, feeling that you're yeah. able to get in control of it and drive it forward. And, yeah, I don't, and I'm not, watching the reactions, you were saying that they're already, you know, people are loving them. Um, yeah. And, and, and actually, that must be so rewarding. Well, there's nothing, nothing nicer than seeing, sitting in, a, uh, in something that you've created or with, a, with your team you've created and see, seeing people enjoy what, what's going on and see them come back for more and almost applaud for what you've done. It's, it's, it's an amazing experience, you know. And I think I actually, when I first started Bills, when we first started Bills, we didn't think, it wasn't about how much money we were going to make. It was all about how can we make this exciting for ourselves and our guests. And mm-hmm. I think one thing leads to the other, I don't know. But I've, I've never got out of bed and thought, 
how much money you're going to make. It's all about how well you can do something mm -hmm. and how you can... It's all a bit of vanity involved in it as well. You want people to say, that is amazing. That looks, yep. that looks amazing. Yeah, give um, you your gold star. Exactly, yeah. that's all you want. Because <laughs> you've been that's up since 4am. Yeah, yeah. But you do, you do want that, that praise. And, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely one, one of these people that do. So you've had this incredible career creating this family of restaurants and all the people that you must have hired and the family that you've created. A lot of small businesses listen to this podcast. So if, you, if you're thinking that you are that small business, thinking of starting up a cafe, starting up a restaurant... Would you say go for it in this in this era? I mean, is it is it a good time? What would the what would those pieces of advice be? I think you've got to make sure you've got something that's different. Uh, and when I say different, it doesn't have to be something that's wild and different. I think you've got to make sure you're doing something better than someone else. It's still commerce. It has to be just something else going on. That has to. I feel you have to have. I think you just start something now. I think you have to have some sort of soul or heritage to what you do and then consistency it's all about consistency doing it good 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 better 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 and how yeah. did you find that so when you know uh, go, going i think through... i think i was uh, you know i i'd say the same things over and over and over again but when i had one restaurant i thought i was in i would be there at, do you know what when we first joined up um, when it took investment in, I used to go. They said, "Well, don't come in and so let someone else do it." And I used to go in before people was there to make it all get ready for them, <laughs> so I knew that it would be okay. So it's like when you clean, if you have a clean cleaner, before, clean the cleaner. before the cleaner, clean before the cleaner. Yeah, I was a bit like that. Um, and I used to think I was the only one that could make the coleslaw. Anyone can do that, and and I realised that everyone can do things a lot better than I can most of the time. It just is that what you found actually? Well, is I think comforting to know that. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's taken me a long time to work that one out, <laughs> mind you, but I definitely think there's people... But when you fall. got to that point, yeah. it's like, oh, if yeah. I only had known. Yeah. Well, and also not to steal anyone else's thunder. You know, even if they can't quite do it as well as you, it's not... You don't have to... You don't have to tell them tell, that. Tell them that, you know, just encourage. <laughs> That's a good piece. You've heard that here first. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to um, also, there's something about scaling the unique. It's something I spoke about um, at Not in the High Street, which was, you know, how do you take your unique brand and you need to make it a successful company. What's that experience been like? You know, you have a high attention to detail, you said, um, uh, wearing a dirty tie whilst wearing a lovely suit. I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. You know, there you are in your lovely suit, but all anyone can look at is the well, dirty that, tie. That, that's, that's almost what led me to take the fresh out of everywhere on for sale. If something's not looking well, then it looks bad, you know, and it makes everything else look... It was, it was unachievable for people to do it. And it took me a long time to transfer love to two or three different places. I couldn't make myself be there and there and there and yeah in one go and have there been other things that you found hard to scale it's all about people because um, you've must have employed there's a lot of staff at bills yeah, yeah. and how, how, how what's your i think it's about three thousand you know and they've come and gone some of my dearest friends work for other people now and they used to work for us so people move on um, obviously, you can't give promotions to everyone, so they go and get a promotion somewhere else. Time moves on, but you normally find where there's really good managers, good stable teams, they're phenomenal restaurants. So comes from the people. It comes from the people. 
And what's been a common, have you found common denominators? Has it been the sense of sharing of value or... I'm trying to think now, I've obviously it, people work for me for a long time. And the gym and Lewis Alley's worked for me since when we just had the veg, just a veg barrow. So oh, she's wow. been like 30 odd, 30 years, I think. And so passionate about fresh, passionate about people, cares for what, what the reputation where she works. And I don't, I think that stems from the heritage. And that's mm-hmm. why I said to you about if you've got mm-hmm. a start-up now, if you've got a heritage and a foundation Death. there, a little bit more, um, then I think that, that helps. I love to hear that you've got people around you that have been here for so long. I think when you have a successful entrepreneurial business and it's gone on for this long, you know, you've been to have that sort of tight, of family almost your work family around you that have seen the ups and seen the downs that can actually support you going through this journey they've seen me angry they've seen me sad they've seen me so so happy they've seen us all at our worst moments you know and they've forgiven they've forgotten and they've they do definitely care for us definitely I heard you say that one of the reasons that you took an investment was in order to see your family more. Did that work? It, it, the controlness of a founder, how did, that, how did you feel about letting go some control? There's, a, or? there's this thing where you can, you know, there's nothing wrong with being, staying small. There's nothing wrong with, you know, but we chose at that time to take on investment. And with that investment meant that I would have a, a more secure future. By doing that, it allowed me to, after a while, to say, I can pass some of that responsibility over. We are lucky to be in the place we're in. And as a, as a personally, I, I'm, I've been blessed and very lucky to have the support of a team of, of my family and the team around us here, my investors, which have been, you know, very supportive the whole time and, you know, and only want the best for bills. They really want bills to be the best thing out there. And some are involved with food. Mm-hmm. Some are mm-hmm. involved, just involved with just the business side of things and they all push, push hard to make it the best it possibly can. I couldn't not talk to you about vegetables and, and food specifically. You released your own cookbook oh, yeah. called Cook eat smile and inside a while ago now but uh, yeah and inside there's wonderful photos of you in your garden and my favorite one is where you have a pumpkin on your head do you still garden are you still out yeah, there i am yes yeah i am and it's funny the uh, the publisher of the book turned up on the day of the photo shoot and she said this is like a film set if you you know from the cobwebs on the run of beans to the pumpkins and everything she said it's just like a film set and it what well, i the garden was a bit like you couldn't cut it you know you you had to it was there for looking at not for cutting yes yes and so and that and that obviously was your home was yeah, it? Yeah. it so yeah. hence why your properties look the way that they do that it really is your your style your yeah I don't get so much time to do that now I must say and it's I want to that's one thing I want to try and do I want to grow more I want to get back to that you know, I want to get more involved with fresh, and and I think bills and can be part of that as well. So, and and I, do you have any future plans opening another market stall in the future? I uh, think the world is seriously missing daffodils and leeks. Leeks together, yeah, yeah, very Welsh mix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there'll be a lot more fresh going on in bills. I think we are definitely. Uh, 
I'd like to do another, the most amazing fresh produce store and perhaps we'll do some pop-ups. I'm thinking of actually when we're doing a little makeover of Lewis, doing some work in Lewis in not near future, quite near future. So we'll definitely do some stuff there to take it back to as it was oh, for, I'll, for a while. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be no, there to exciting. see it firsthand. Well, thank you, Bill, for restoring my faith in being obsessed about detail, giving me food for thought, excuse the pun, and just the way that you look at things, you know, for a lot of small businesses who are creative. And I actually just think just hearing about the leeks and the daffodils and hearing about the obsession of detail or taking that produce and going and cooking with it and and that you had these real fundamental beliefs in your brand, be it that you didn't make any money at the beginning, but you, you, you kept with it. Yeah. And now we get to all experience bills all over the country because you have that faith in it and I think it will really help people to hear that you you held on you 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 held your nerve can I ask in these interviews I I use the analogy of running your own business it's like being on a absolutely crazy roller coaster can I just ask you what would you say has been your biggest high so far lots of lots of little ones yes some really big ones but little ones compared to this but that first day when we opened up Bills in Lewis um, where we're as a team, and I had the, you know, my uh, my two sons there, and they were young, but one was old enough to know what was going on. My wife, my sister-in-law, my mother, and all the people I loved around me, part of that, and for them to see, to see me, to see and feel their joy as much as my joy, was definitely the biggest high, and you know, and. I can I can still remember the music that was on. I can remember the people, the builders that were there. I can remember just looking at it and seeing, God, this looks so beautiful. And I'm being so proud of everyone that was part of it. And, you know, I still feel those joys. When I opened Soho not so long ago and your investor says, that looks cool, thumbs up to you. And and I can tell myself it looks, you know, I can. there are highs, they're all little highs, but that was the biggest one. Um, and then the lows what would be your lowest low I think if I had all my time my lowest low would be that my mum and dad did never see that and they died I mean months before that happened you know so which was quite a big low but as again there's lots of little lows little lows but those little lows I'm not I'm never very low for very long I always try and see silver cloud somewhere through it and if I don't if I speak, if I ever get low, I tell my wife, and she always sit, puts a boot on my bum and tells me that you're stupid there. And you're lucky <laughs> she's we known are. you a long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's definitely would put me in my place. I'm also asking um, if you could recommend a future guest for this podcast. Who is someone that has inspired you, or you think might inspire our listeners? There would be quite a few, actually, um, from the long time ago. But I've got a f- good friend at the moment. Um, well, he's a good friend for a while. Uh, Roger Wade, he's got Box Park. He's of the moment, and he's doing it very well. He works extremely hard. He makes a lot of mistakes that I think I would have made as well. He's very uh, driven. He's, you know, he's good to talk to. Good to talk to him in a way that I lots... 90% of what he tells me, I listen to and I totally believe in. 10% I see myself saying 10 years ago, I think, you'll learn not to say that anymore. <laughs> but definitely, um, 
yeah, I he's think one to watch. Definitely, I think he. Well, yeah. Thank you for that recommendation. It's been such a pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your letter to yourself. But thank you, Bill, for sharing your story. And over to you. My letter. Okay. This is a letter to myself. So, dear Billy, I write to you with a little advice from the highs and lows and ups and downs over the past 35 years. I start with your dreams. Always dream, never be afraid to follow them. Sometimes they may lead you to joy, sometimes despair and frustration. Learn from them and make the best of both, but let history be history. Try not to let it lead you, lead the future. There is no harm in standing still. Contentment comes in lots of ways. There is no harm in wanting less, but work hard whatever. Don't forget to have fun. Never underestimate the impact fun has on others. We all want to be around people enjoying life. Think lucky, act lucky, more likely to be it. Test yourself, try new things, take a chance. Try hard to be humble, sorry when wrong, but positive, strong and honest. Don't feel embarrassed to show your emotions. People will trust you for this. Thank your loved ones and friends for the care and help. Most success is due to their support. Be happy. Love, Bill. Bill, thank you very, very much. Thank you. And, I, and, and something I'll take away from that is be happy in staying still and be happy in, in, in almost understanding that moment and, and going through things, but not always having to build or grow, but actually just taking a moment to look at what you're exactly. doing and actually appreciating it. And um, I very much appreciate sitting here with you today. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, NatWest, again for sponsoring this podcast. It's great to partner with an organisation that believes in empowering people in business. That's why they developed the NatWest Business Hub, which is full of information, tips and insights to help business owners meet their goals. Go to natwestbusinesshub.com to get started. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations of Inspiration. I want as many people as possible to believe that they can build a business doing what they love. So could I ask a favour? If you like what you're listening to, would you rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast provider? It will help others find this podcast and may just be the inspiration they need to follow their dreams. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come